Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Today I'm going to talk to you about something that is super, super applicable to every single one of us in this place. Um, and it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Some of you, you are dealing with this this morning, you dealt with this last night. Some of you, you're doing good on this right now, but it's going to come and be an issue again. And today I want to talk to you about dealing with frustration. Dealing with frustration. Um, and I am not the world's best at dealing with frustration. Um, I never have, um, I, 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 I don't have an anger problem, but I do have a frustration problem, if that makes sense. Um, I get frustrated at inanimate objects. Any other men out there, like when something doesn't work, you just chunk the lawnmower or the weed eater, and you're like, I'm buying a new one, right? Um, so, some of the things that frustrate me are as follows. Um, number one, fitted sheets. I don't know why we don't have a better system than fitted sheets. Have you ever tried to fold one or put one on by yourself? It's next to impossible. So you gotta do like a yoga pose to get it on. Um, so number two, wet socks. If you got dry socks and you walk in a puddle, those socks are done. Like get those off me because I wanna vomit. Um, I'm just like, no. Number three, loud eaters. If you are a smacker, shut your mouth and eat. Like just stop. I, I don't need to know that it's good. Like you can tell me without... Like everything stuck to the roof of your bread, like you're eating white bread all your life. Like, no. Um, number four, my, my, this is the big one for me. Close talkers. Like, you right here, bro. I don't need you right here. Like, spread out. Like, if I take a step back, I'm taking a step back for a reason, Jaboni, right? Like, I just need you there. Like, stay right there, and we can have a call. If you need to tell me a secret, email me, right? Like, do I don't. Number five. Not returning your shopping cart to the cart barn in the parking lot. Can we just agree on that? Like, it's a character issue. Come on, man. Like, it's an integrity thing. And number six, putting an empty food container back in the fridge or pantry. It's so frustrating. You're like, I thought we had cereal. I thought we had cereal, right? Um, and I might be the one that does that in our family too, but I'm just like... I do it just as much, but I buy the groceries, so I feel like I should change the rules, um, but it doesn't. And, and so all of us here today, we're going to have frustrations that we deal with, right? We, we're going to have frustrations, and it's not empty cereal boxes in the pantry that gets us. Right? It's way bigger than that, and when we talk about frustration, it can feel like, oh, this isn't that heavy of a topic, but man, frustration leads to some big-time emotions. And what I want us to understand today is this. If you don't address your frustrations, it turns into emotional damage, right? If you don't address your frustrations, it turns into emotional damage because unaddressed frustrations always escalates into something worse. Unaddressed frustrations always turns into something worse. Worse. A few weeks ago, me and my family went to Kenya on a trip. 
mission trip there, and we had a phenomenal time. It was amazing. And we had one day, only one day, to go do like game tours and sight looking and like looking at animals because we're staying in the Maasai Mara. I think Serengeti, the Serengeti is called the Maasai Mara in Kenya, right? They're connected. And so we're in the Maasai Mara. We're right there. Like when we're walking from our, our lodge tent where the dining hall tent is, and we're staying in those glamping tents, right? And we're walking to our tent. We have to have a Maasai warrior take us because every night we walked to our tent, there were hippos waiting, like 10 feet away. And when I, I know I'm an exaggerator. I am not exaggerating that it was 10 feet away and it was bigger than your mama. I mean, it was big, right? This thing could eat you. And so, I mean, you were like, well, that is amazing. So the one day that we have to go uh, uh, do this, we have a hot air balloon ride that we have scheduled that you get out there Why it's dark before the sunrise comes up and you go up into this balloon before the sunrise comes over the Maasai Mara and you get to watch animals and it's like a bucket list thing, right? So we've reserved this, we're ready to go. And the night before, Charlie, my oldest, gets food poisoning. Throwing up, other things, um, and... There's no way, there's no way she can go on this. And so Casey and I wake up, we find out what's going on, and Casey goes, hey, babe, you go with Chloe, I'm staying here. And I, I, I said, are you sure? I really did. I'm like, I, don't, I can stay, and, and I was really hoping she would say no. Um, I was like, I can, I can stay and take care of Charlie. And she said no, like this is what moms are made for. This is like my Esther... <clears throat> This is such a time as this, um, for such a time as this moment. She goes, you go, for real. So, so we go, we get in this, th- this, this car, and we go to the resort before we go into the balloon. And while I'm at the lobby, they're giving you coffee and tea, and this is important to the story, my stomach starts feeling weird, right? And I'm like, but, but you know when somebody gets sick and you're like, I'm not sick, I'm just, I'm just having sympathy pains, right? So like, men, when your wife's pregnant, you're like, yeah, my stomach hurts too. And she's like, shut up, right? Like, there's, there's sympathy pains and I'm like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Nothing's wrong with me, I'm fine. Suck it up, you big baby, you big sissy. You're doing this. So we go, we get to the balloon, we go up. We've been going probably about 45 minutes and 45 minutes into the balloon ride. I mean, we're watching the sun come up and you're seeing lions and you're seeing elephant and you're seeing giraffes and and lions and tigers and bears. I mean, you're seeing it all. It is phenomenal. You're seeing the sunrise come up. We're taking pictures and it's awesome. We're having a great time. And all of a sudden, I start getting the slobber mouth. My stomach starts turning. And I start getting the chills. And when you, I can tell you, if you want to know how your pastor doesn't feel good, the telltale sign is I get quiet. <laughs> I get quiet and calm, and you're like, something's wrong with him because he is quiet and calm. He's acting like a normal person. And so I'm just like breathing. I'm like, you know, because... There's 14 other people in this hot air balloon basket, and I do not want to welcome them to the vomit tour of the Serengeti, right? I'm like, I'm going to puke on all these animals, and we're thousands of feet. I mean, there's, there's no way coming down. Like, we're up, right? And it's, it's just going to be there for a while, falling and falling. And, and so I'm like breathing, and I, I, we, make it, we make it down without me throwing up. But when we land, I look at Chloe, my youngest, and I'm like, I am not okay. And she goes, are you sick? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm sick. 
And so I go to a guy and I'm like, man, I need you to take us back. I'm not feeling well. The guy's like, okay, but I think he didn't believe me. And so he takes me to breakfast instead with everybody. And you know, there's certain foods when you're feeling nauseated that sound absolutely disgusting and you're gonna lose it at any moment. My food is eggs. We're there for breakfast. Everybody, I'm at the head of the table. I've got my hoodie on. I've got my eyes closed. And every single person, all 15 people, my own flesh and blood, Chloe, has got an omelet and scrambled eggs and sunny side up and eggs Benedict. And I'm like, you know, I'm just like, I can't. And I've got my nose covered, which is a big napkin, but it's still covering it. And I've got my nose covered. I've got my eyes closed. I'm barely hanging on. And then I can smell the grease and the oil they're cooking these eggs and this bacon with, and I lose it. I get up from the table. I do the fast mom walk. I'm like, oh, you know, um, I walk, I don't make it to the end of the table. The pilot of the hot air balloon ride is sitting there and I'm right, he's right here. And I just go like this, right next to him. He's eating, he's like moving his plate, like what's going on? <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, I finally contain myself. I walk a little bit longer and then I'm like, you know, I just puking on the Maasai Mara, right? Like it's just awesome. There's elephants and giraffes, favorite place I've ever thrown up. Um, so. Why am I telling you this story? Because if I would have paid attention to the tension that I was feeling in my stomach, I wouldn't have thrown up at least there. I probably would have stayed at the resort and thrown up there, which would have been a better situation for me. And hear me, when you don't deal with frustration, it always turns into something worse, right? It always turns into a worse emotion that ends up bringing emotional damage to your life. When you don't deal with frustration, it turns to anger, it turns to fear. It turns to you being discouraged. It turns to you pouting and you become the victim and you've got a victim mentality because it's not fair and I don't like this and this didn't work out. You start resenting people and there's resentment that is in your life and at the end of it all, you start quitting. And you're sitting there today and you're at home and you're watching online and you're going, I don't know why I resent my spouse so much. It's easy because you started getting frustrated with the situation that involved your spouse. You started getting frustrated with your spouse and instead of addressing it, you left that frustration just bury and bury and keep it down and don't address it and don't deal with it. And it has turned into something that's way more damaging. It's called resentment. And now you guys are at war all the time. Some of you parents in your relationship with your kids, you're parenting out of frustration that's turned into fear because you're not sure who they are and the choices that they're making. And now you're trying to control and you're trying to parent and you don't know what their future holds and you're discouraged and you feel hopeless today. Why are you feeling all that? Because there was frustration and there was irritation and you didn't know and you weren't communicating and you weren't dealing with it and it turned into something a whole lot worse. There's some of us that we've just quit. We've quit jobs. We've quit on possibilities, on opportunities. You quit on relationships. You've walked away from friendships. Some of you, you have quit churches. You've quit your relationship with Jesus Christ because you're frustrated today. And you're saying, but I thought it was going to look different. I thought it would feel different. And if I'm following Jesus, I shouldn't feel this way. And you're frustrated, and that frustrated turned into you just dialing it in. 
and just saying, you know what, I'm done, and I'm mailing it in, and I'm quitting, and I'm finished, and I'm done, and you have let all this frustration take you to a place where you've walked away from it. You've walked away from a relationship with Jesus Christ. You've walked away from church, and where did it all start? You got frustrated with the way life was going. Some of us, we say, well, I'm just going to ignore it until I have to deal with it. Can I tell you? Deal with it while you can instead of while you, when you have to. It's a way better way to deal with frustration. Deal with it while you have the option to instead of when you have to. It's a way better way to deal with frustration because here's what I want you to know today. For all, that you are, for all of you that are discouraged, for all of you that are frustrated, for all of you that are aggravated, for all of you that are angry, some of you, you're just angry. You're depressed. Here's what I want you to know. Here's the good news for you and I today. There is an anointing, there's an anointing that's greater than what is bugging, frustrating, and irritating you. This is great news. There's an anointing for your life that is greater, more powerful, that's bigger than the thing that is frustrating, that is irritating, that is annoying, that is depressing, that is discouraging, that is making you quit. There's an anointing that is found in the presence of your shepherd. There's an anointing that is found in the presence of Jesus Christ, the presence of the Holy Spirit, that he anoints you to be able to to make it through these things without there being emotional damage. In Psalms chapter 23, verse five, it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. My favorite book, right after the Bible, my favorite book, I read this book at least once a year, is a book called A Shepherd Looks at Psalms 23. It is written by a man named Philip Keller. A Shepherd's Look at Psalms 23, you can buy it on Amazon, and he says this concerning the phrase, you anoint my head with oil. He says, summertime is fly time for sheep. They are specifically troubled by the nose fly or nasal fly, as it is sometimes called. These little flies buzz about the sheep's head, attempting to deposit their eggs on the damp mucous membranes of the sheep's nose. If they are successful, the eggs will hatch in a few days, to form small, slender, worm-like larvae, and they work their way up the nasal passage into the sheep's head, they burrow into the flesh, and they set up an intense irritation accompanied by severe inflammation. For relief from this agonizing annoyance, sheep will deliberately beat their heads against trees, rocks, posts, or brush. They will rub them in the soil and thrash around and, around and against woody growth. In extreme cases of intense infestation, a sheep may even kill itself in a frenzy endeavor to gain respite from the aggravation. Often, advanced stages of infection from these flies will lead to blindness. At the first sign of flies among the flock, the shepherd, a good shepherd, right, will apply an antidote to their heads, a homemade remedy composed of linseed oil, sulfur, and tar, which was smeared over the sheep's nose and head as a protection against nose flies. So there's an anointing, I love this picture, there's an anointing that is happening that the shepherd is providing for the sheep. It's not like if you grew up Pentecostal and you got anointed, you got a little, a little dabble, do you, right? Like, boop, on there, and you're like, hey, right? Um, it's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that sheep gets into the shepherd's 
presence, and that shepherd spends time rubbing this anointing, rubbing this ointment on his head. You anoint my head with oil, right? You set a table in the presence of my enemies. He is anointing this sheep's head so that what is irritating, what's frustrating, what's aggravating, what's infesting in the sheep will not destroy the sheep, right? He goes on, he says, once the oil has been applied to the sheep's head, there was an immediate change in behavior. Gone was the aggravation, gone the frenzy, gone the irritability and restlessness. Instead, the sheep would start to feed quietly again, then soon lie down in peaceful contentment. You maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Just as with sheep, there must be a continuous and renewed application of oil to forestall the flies in my life. There must be a continuous anointing of God's gracious spirit to counteract the ever-present aggravations of personality conflicts. One application is not enough for the summer. It's a process that had to be repeated over and over again. The fresh application was the effective antidote. And can I tell you, there is an anointing that Jesus wants to apply to you on a daily basis so that what's frustrating you doesn't destroy you. What's aggravating doesn't destroy you. What's irritating you doesn't destroy you. What's discouraging you doesn't destroy you, right? What's wanting to take you out has no chance of taking you out. What's making you want to quit doesn't have a chance of affecting and infesting your life because there is an anointing that is happening that is only found in the presence of your Savior, right? Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path that leads to life. And check this part out. Your presence fills me with joy and brings me pleasure forever. <clears throat> the effect of his presence is this, is that it fills you with joy and brings you and I pleasure Forever. So why wouldn't you and I make a concerted effort to get into his presence? And as we are dealing with this and as we realize that in your presence is the fullness of joy, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore, can I tell you it's a choice? You gotta choose to get into his presence. It's gotta be something you purposefully do because nobody can do it for you. Nobody can make you enter into his presence, enter into his courts with praise, right? It's something that you have to decide. And you and I have a choice to make today. You can gripe and complain in your frustration. You can gripe and complain in it. Or you can praise and thank your way through it. Right? There's a choice that you and I have to make today that we get to make today. It's not, it's not just a have to. You get to. And you get to choose today, are you going to gripe and complain? And are you going to gripe and complain about all the frustrations? Because some of you, the crazy thing is, you're complaining about the very blessing that God has blessed you with that you asked God to do a long time ago. The thing you complained about, the thing that's frustrating you, were the two little ones in the back seat that you never knew you were going to have in the first place. Don't let your blessing turn into your burden. Learn to thank and praise your way through, not to gripe and complain in it, right? There's a difference. James chapter one, verse two through four says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. What? When frustrations, when aggravations, when trials of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, 
needing nothing. Can I tell you, praise is powerful during frustration. Why? Because patience is being developed. Perseverance and endurance is being developed. But you and I, we get a really bad attitude when we have to wait. We get a really bad attitude when things don't go our way. We get a really bad attitude when we don't understand when things aren't in our timing. And we get frustrated and we get angry and we forget that God tells us right here in James that difficulties are coming. See, you don't get what you want when you want it. But he is preparing his work in us to do what he wants us to do. And he is producing joy, and he is producing perseverance, and he is producing endurance in us during those frustrating times. And what is happening is a lot of us, we're making a bad situation worse, and there's emotional damage that is happening in our life because we're in a bad situation with a bad attitude. And your bad attitude just makes a bad situation a worse situation. Right, when you decide to complain and gripe instead of praise and thank, you have a bad attitude. When you gripe and complain, you have a worse attitude. Right, when, when you decide to complain and gripe instead of praise and thank, instead of it just being a bad situation, it becomes a worse situation because you're not at the right place that you need to be. And in Psalm 34, verse one, there's this Psalm of David where David is having to act crazy in front of a king named King Abimelech. King Abimelech is the king of a country of Philistines and a county called Gath. Who else was from Gath? Anybody? Goliath. We all know the story of David and Goliath. This is the king of the Philistines that was in charge of Goliath. This is a, a, a place where David is known as the man. He was the hero for the Israels and took care and took down Goliath. And he is going before this king because he is fleeing from his life from Saul and he is having to act insane. He's drooling on himself. He's acting like he is crazy so that the king will send him away and not kill him. And right after this moment, Psalm 34, verse 1, David says this, and I love the proclamation that David says. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Right? So many times we're, we sing this like the old song, I will bless the Lord at all times. No, David is saying, I'll bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Paul doesn't say be thankful for it. He says be thankful in it. And you're gonna have to make a choice today. Are you gonna gripe and complain or are you gonna praise and thank? Because when you gripe and complain, griping and complaining says, well, this isn't where I want to be in life or what I thought my life would look like. But when you choose to praise and thank your way through it, thankfulness says that according to Philippians 1, 6, you're not done working in me or through me yet, right? Griping and complaining says, I thought it would look different and feel different, but praising and thanking says, but I praise you that according to 2 Corinthians 5, 7, that I walk by faith and not by sight. I walk by what I know and who I believe, not what 
what I see or how I feel. When you decide to complain and gripe, you say, I'm tired of being alone and tired of being lonely. But when you decide to praise and thank your way through, you say, I'm thankful. The Hebrews 13.5 says, you will never leave me nor forsake me. When you gripe and complain, you say, I hate being poor. I hate living on a budget. I hate being broke. But when you decide to praise and thank your way through it, you say, but I thank you that according to Genesis 22.14, it says, I serve Jehovah Jireh, who's my provider. And I praise you and I thank you that you have provided me this far and you brought me this far. Griping and complaining says, I'm tired of being sick and my health being gone. But when you decide to praise and thank your way through it, you say, but I praise you because Psalm 73, 26 says, my health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. I am thanking you that according to Exodus 15, 26, that you are Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Griping and complaining says, I'm so sick of being tired and exhausted, but when you choose to thank and praise, you start saying, but according to Isaiah 40, 31, it says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles and know I am tired and facing trials. You are developing endurance and perseverance in my heart and soul. Griping and complaining says, I hate that I'm hurt. I hate that I feel broken and I can't get past it. But when you choose to praise and thank your way through it, you say, but I praise you because Psalms 30, 15 says, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. My time for rejoicing is coming and I thank you. Though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't have to fear any evil or being alone. Fear and griping and complaining says, I'm tired of being so anxious and fearful. But when you choose to praise and thank your way through, you say, but I thank you that according to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, you didn't give me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind instead of a fearful mind. Man, griping and complaining says, I'm tired of being addicted. I'm tired of being trapped. I'm tired of being a prisoner. But when you choose to praise and thank your way through your addiction, you say, but John 8, verse 36 says, he that the son sets free is free indeed. And I thank you that you've already set me free from the drugs. I thank you that you've already set me free from the alcohol. I thank you that you've already set me free from the prescription drugs. I thank you that you've already set me free from pornography. And I can walk in the freedom that you provided. Griping and complaining says, I don't know why I always seem to lose, why I'm always on the short end of the stick. But when you choose to praise and you choose to thank your way through it, you start talking about Romans 8 that says, what then shall we say to these things? All the things that I've been griping about, all the things that I've been complaining about, if God is for us, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword or frustration or irritation or discouragement? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor present things to come nor powers nor heights nor depths nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ Jesus our Lord. Can I tell you, I'm going to choose to bless the Lord at all times. And you got a choice to make today. You can be pitiful or you can be powerful. You can powder praise what you're gonna choose. It's a choice. The person that has praised and thanked their way through it, they chose themselves there. They chose to get into God's presence and for there to be a daily anointing so that what was trying to take them out had no chance. 
And listen to me, if you will get into the presence of your king and your shepherd, who's for you, is way bigger than what's against you. And it's got no chance of taking you out. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise, and it's me being thankful, shall continually be in my mouth. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, be thankful in all circumstances. Why? Because that's God's will for you that are followers of Jesus Christ. And that's a better way for you and I to live so that emotional damage doesn't happen. Let's pray today. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. Lord, I pray for these individuals today that are here, that are watching online, and Lord, they are frustrated and it's turned into other things. What started as frustration has turned into depression, has turned into discouragement, has turned into desperation, resentment, quitting, whatever. And Lord, I pray today that we would understand nothing gets better by us ignoring it. But today that we would have the courage to address what's frustrating, what's irritating, what we're feeling, and that we would invade what we're feeling with the truth of your word. That we would invade what we're feeling by getting into your presence. Because in your presence is fullness of joy. Lord, we can literally go through hell and still be joyful while going through it. Because you're rotting your staff that comfort us. We're not alone, according to Hebrews 13.5. And so I pray today that there would be a shift in our thinking. There'd be a change in the way that we're acting. Some of us, we have pouted and we have griped and we've complained and nobody even wants to listen to us anymore because we've done it for so long. We're not moving through our valley. We've just stayed there and we've sulked there and we're pitiful there. But your word says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's not that I'm camping there. It's not that I'm living there, but I'm moving through a place I don't wanna be by praising you and thanking you. And I pray today that we would understand praise and thanks gets us through the valley to where you've called us to be today. And that we would have the mind of Christ as we go through frustrating things. That we would have an anointing on our life as we go through the frustrating, discouraging moments. And that you would speak to our hearts and our lives. And to today, today, we would choose a better way to live. Not a way that is experiencing emotional damage, but a way that has lived with your promise of your word that brings a huge benefit to our life. We give you praise and thanks. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.